This is Hal Hester, lead pastor of Vine Life, and this is our podcast, The Empowered Word. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective on what God is doing in your life. Please enjoy the message. Uh, for those of you who are new or newer, uh, my name is Jason. I am not Hal. Please come back next week to hear Hal, our senior pastor. Um, I am not a pastor at all on this staff at this church. I, I teach middle school Bible. That's what I do. Jason Kaler, K-A-H-L-E-R. Um, I have a wife. Her name is Natalie. We have four children. Um, our oldest child, Andrew, lives in China, and he's been there for almost four years now teaching English. Um, may get to come home this summer, which would be great. Um, our daughter, Maddie, lives in Pennsylvania with her husband. We got a chance to see her over the holidays in North Carolina. She came, and her husband came halfway down, and we went halfway up and got to spend some time. That was fantastic. Micah uh, lives in Orlando. And then Will, who is the youngest, just turned 21 uh, New Year's Eve. For years, he thought the ball was dropping for him, and uh, then finally figured out that it was not. Um, but he turned 21, and so, uh, yes, I am old. I am old. Hal, Hal and Dawn are not here today, I don't think. Are they? No, no. Nope. Daughter Emma says nope. She's like, nope, they skipped. They skipped because it is their 30th anniversary today. So, uh, a little while back, Hal got in touch with me and said, I remember that it's my anniversary. <laughs> no, he didn't say that. He said, it is my anniversary that weekend. Would you be willing to allow me, afford me the chance to have the anniversary weekend with my wife? And I said, absolutely. That would be fantastic. So before we get going here, I would like to pray for Don and Hal, our pastors um, and their family and their marriage and all that kind of stuff and over this message this morning. So if you would join me in prayer and praying for them, let's do that. Heavenly Father, we are very, very grateful to you for Hal and Dawn, um, for the shepherds of our, of our flock of this church. We pray your wisdom and your guidance and your discernment and your leading over them. Uh, as a couple, as they do this ministry together, Heavenly Father, we also pray over them as individuals that they would be empowered to know how much you love them and how crazy you are about them so that then collectively together as a husband and wife, as a married couple over their family and over this family, they would then take that love, that light, that hope and shine it abroad. Lord, I, I stand with this congregation and with Hal and Dawn. I stand in the name of Jesus against the enemy who hates marriage and especially hates the marriages of leaders of the church. We stand against him. We rebuke him in the name of Jesus. He has no place in the union of Hal and Dawn. And we speak life to them. We speak happiness, joy, hope to them. And that your light in the year 2023, that your light would push back every bit of darkness. And this would be a banner year, not only for this church that they lead, but also for them individually and together as a couple. We pray over their family, protection as well, and life to their family. 
Heavenly Father, I lift up this message to you today. I pray that I would get out of the way. Um, Lord, that it would not be anything that I say because of me or whatever um, that, that, that attempts to change anyone, but it would only be you. Father, you are the one who changes hearts and changes lives by the power of your Spirit, not me. And so though, Lord, I have prepared and believe that you have laid this on my heart, I pray that the people's hearts would be prepared to hear you. In your precious name I pray. Amen. 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 Well, welcome to 2023. Welcome to 2023. 2022 is behind us, and so here we go. I wanted to reflect back for a moment, though, into 1923. What was going on during 1923? In 1923, Warren Harding was the President of the United States, and in the year 1923, Warren Harding died of a heart attack, and his Vice President, Calvin Coolidge, became President. The New York Yankees whoop, whoop, defeated the New York Giants in the World Series. Babe Ruth was playing in that World Series. Some inventions that happened in 1923. Thank you, William Potts. Thank you, William Potts, for creating the modern traffic light. Cars were increasing, traffic was increasing, and William Potts saw a need, and he created the modern traffic light in 1923. James Cunning and Earl McLeod, James Cunning and Earl McLeod created, invented in 1923, the bulldozer, just in case those traffic lights weren't working. <laughs> Clarence Birdseye. Does that name ring a bell? Birdseye? Clarence Birdseye. Clarence. Clarence came up with the idea of frozen food. Birdseye is the rest of the story. Born in 1923. Born in 1923, Hank Williams was born in 1923. Did you know? I, I, when, I, when I read this, I was like, man, I didn't know that. And then, and then the more I think about it, I'm like, well, maybe I did. I don't. Did you know that Hank Williams only lived for 30 years? He was 30 when he passed away. In, in that time, though, he had Hank Williams Jr. so that, you know, country music could keep on going. Hank Williams Sr. was born in 1923. Bob Barker. Bob Barker. I picked that because Barker is the town that I went to high school in and all that kind of stuff. Nope, not really. It's just Bob Barker. You would know. The Price is Right. The Price is Right. 35 years he hosted The Price is Right. So he hosted The Price is Right for more years than Hank Williams lived. It's kind of crazy when you, when you put it in that perspective. Rocky Marciano, Rocco actually was his name. Rocky Marciano, pro boxer, heavyweight, was born in 1923. He is the only heavyweight champ to finish his career undefeated. The only one. Charlton Heston, hopefully that name rings a bell, right? 1923, he was born in 1923. Ten Commandments. Ben-Hur, Planet of the Apes, wow, that ape looks really good. Still weird, I don't care how you package it. Charlton Heston was also a political activist. Many of you probably remember that he was president of the NRA for a number of years, the National Rifle Association, uh, but that wasn't where it began or whatever. He was a political activist all the way back in the 60s, was marching on Washington and doing different things. Speaking of politics, Bob Dole. Bob Dole was born in 1923, United States Senator from Kansas. 
he also served in the United States House of Representatives from Kansas. He was a Senate Majority Leader on and off uh, while he was there. And when he was the Senate Majority Leader, he ran for president. That would be 1996, and he ran against Bill Clinton and Ross Perot. Bertha Julia Snow. Bertha Julia Snow was born in 1923. Bertha Julia Snow was born on March 15th, the Ides of March, 1923. Bertha Julia Snow will eventually marry Norman Edward Kaler Sr. And the two of them will birth, well, she will birth, Norman Edward Kaler Jr., who will be my dad. My grandmother, Bertha Julia Snow Kaler, was born in 1923. If she were still alive on March 15th, she would turn 100 this year. Powerful woman of God, um, a great mother, a great grandmother. Um, very grateful for all that she invested in me um, on many levels, but certainly in a biblical sense. And certainly very grateful for how she invested into my dad to raise a young man to love the Lord God with all of his heart and bring that then into the next generation. You hear generational curses, and I'm sure that they are there and operate. I am very grateful for my grandmother and even her parents, for the generations of godly people that are my heritage legacy moving backwards and hopefully now moving forward. Everybody have their notes. You knew you weren't going to get away without notes because I was preaching, right? Notes, raise your hands. We have one person that's going to scramble around and try to run through this. Please, please, please do not be like, I don't need these notes. You do need them. You do need them. They are not the Bible, but they have the Bible on them. And there will be a test. If you do not, do not pass the test, you will be executed. <laughs> Hold your hands up. He is working as fast as he can because he failed you at the door. No, I'm just teasing. Actually. The notes... Lots of blanks on today's notes. Lots of blanks. Not typical for the way that I do it. Not typical. Um, but there are lots of blanks, so please do not fall asleep. Do not check your social media. The football games do not start until 1, and I promise to have you done before that. Because you are bound to miss a blank and be in jeopardy of failing the quiz at the end of the test. And I've already told you what will happen when you fail the quiz. Anybody else? we got some people over here. If you would like double notes because you're just that enthusiastic and you think it might get you into heaven, you can raise your hand again if you would like to and they'll come around and give you another one. Thank you, Lisa. Appreciate that. We're good? All right. Thank you to Jen, by the way, for, for making these fancy dancy. I just type up my notes and stuff and just send them to her and then she formats and creates the cool... Um, imagery and get, get out of the boat and all that kind of stuff. And thank you to the people in the back booth for uh, keeping it real and all that kind of stuff and yelling at me when I miss notes, like, hey, you missed that blank that was just up there. It's all good. Or fixing my mic when it continues to pop over and over again in first service. You guys are great as well. Thank you. The title, Get Out of the Boat. That is the title of today's message. The theme up there at the top as well. What strongholds will not hold you back in 2023? Stronghold being anything that 
stops you, impairs you, slows you down, that you default back into basically saying, God, I really don't trust you. I know this is what it says. I know this is the truth. I know this is the word. But in this moment, I am fearful. I am worried. I am self-absorbed. And we'll get to some of that. So what strongholds have hold, held you, 2022, 2021, 2020 on, whatever, have held you that are not going to hold you back in 2023 into what God has called you to be, who God has called you to be. Remember my message from a number of months ago, the difference between being and doing. Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 33 is where we're at. If you have your Bibles and they're open there, that would be fantastic. I am reading out of the New Living. It will come up here on the screen. So you're more than welcome to read up there. If you're using your phone, that's fantastic as well. You can use whatever translation obviously you want. I'm not here to tell you any differently. But today, the New Living is going to be the best. Thank you for the chuckle. I appreciate that. We ready? Matthew chapter 14, starting with verse 22. And it reads this. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake, while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble, far away from the land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified, and in their fear they cried out, It is a ghost! But Jesus said to them at once, Do not be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, Lord, if it's, if it's really you, tell, tell me to come. Tell me to come out to you walking on the water. All right, Peter. All right, it is me. Come. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and he began to sing, Save me, Lord! He shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith. <laughs> He's walking on the water. Whatever. That's just crazy. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they, Jesus and Peter, climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped, and the disciples worshipped him. You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. Thus ends the reading of today's text. May his word go out and bear fruit as it has promised it would. Number one. Number one in your notes. Number one. Verses 22 and 23. Making sure you're looking back in there. 22 and 23. Point number one. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Little, little uh, context of what's going on here and where, where we're getting to in this moment. 
Um, if you back up into 14, even into the end of 13, you find that Jesus has just been rejected by the people of his hometown. We know this guy. His dad's the carpenter. His mom's the lady who walked down to the store. We know what Jesus is. God, come on, man. Into 14, then, he hears of the beheading of John the Baptist. He is overwhelmed by that and tries to get off by himself, taking his disciples across the lake into a remote place. When he gets there, people start gathering and we get into this feeding of the 5,000. He has compassion. He doesn't see all the people and get back in the boat and go to the back to the earth. He feeds them 5,000 men and women and children. And that's where then we pick up in verse number 22. Immediately after this is what we're talking about. So this moment then is when I'm going to do a disclaimer for point number one. In this room, we have all different kinds of people. All different personalities. All people raised in different ways. All people with different problems and trials and tribulations. All people's people at different levels of faith. And so I'm going to say this disclaimer. This point that I'm going to make, please do not misconstrue it. Do not misrepresent it. Do not walk out of here this afternoon or tomorrow and say, well, this is what Jason said and completely misquote me and misrepresent me. I need you to hear me out because I know I'm going to say this and there's going to be some of you that are going to go, what? Come on now. That's not what it says. Point number one in your notes Jesus sent them into the storm. Mm, come on, Jace. Come on. By the way, my shirt's untucked. Just wanted you all to notice that because I, I don't like my shirts untucked. And I know my mom is up in heaven right now going, gosh, Jason, come on, tuck your shirt in, please. But it's not because I found out that like Billy Williams, I want to be cool and have our, my shirts untucked, so we have our shirts untucked. If you notice, his was untucked too. Anyways. Yeah, you're welcome. I, I don't... I, I don't want you to struggle with this very first one and so therefore shut me out for the rest of this, this message. You, you can, I, I know it doesn't specifically say that and Jesus insisted to his disciples, get in the boat and go across. Oh, and by the way, there's going to be a big storm when you get out there. I, I know it doesn't say that, but you cannot tell me that he didn't know there wasn't a storm coming. He's Jesus. He's the Son of God. He is divine. The only thing he doesn't know, according to Scripture, is the day he returns. The Father knows that. Nobody else knows that. Other than that, according to what I read, and again, you could argue and debate with me all you want. You're going to be wrong. I'm going to be right, but that's okay. Um, they, he knew. He knew. And so here's my thoughts. Here's my thoughts. Ladies and gentlemen, we need our faith tested. And God tests our faith. We need it. He just, he just got done feeding 5,000 plus people. And now, in verse 33, you really are the Son of God. They didn't figure that out just when he fed 5,000 people with a couple of fish and a couple of bread? Come on. Well, obviously they didn't. Have you ever have, had that moment? In your walk with the Father, in your Christian walk, have you not ever had that moment where we're like, wow, God, you are real? Yeah, hello? Hello? And so God tests our faith. 
He put them in that boat and he sent them out into the storm. Not into the storm in the moment, but at about three o'clock in the morning. But just so you understand that I made my disclaimer, and there's some of you that might be sitting there thinking, yeah, God puts me through storms all the time. I'm so angry with God. I'm so upset with God. He's putting me through storms and trials and tribulations. Well, there are some storms that you're in because you're dumb. There's some storms that you're in because you did, you did your stupid self stuff. Yeah? I, I mean, I, listen, if I'm not talking for you, I'm certainly talking for me. Would just do dumb. There might be a moment where you're standing in a pile of poop and you go, whoa, I just stepped in a pile of poop. That's on me. Not, oh, Lord, you put me in a pile of poop again? What? We do dumb. Thirdly, thirdly, please understand, and I say this to Lisa all the time in class, to all the kids all the time, we live in a broken, hurting, dying world. Hurt people hurt people. Welcome to the world. Now, does that mean there's no good? Well, come on, that's ridiculous. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Well, okay, then there's a lot of plenty of good things that are coming. But the bottom line is, is we are not in heaven yet. We're not there yet. And hurt people hurt people. I, I just want to make sure that you understand that as we read this, there are many reasons that you may be in the storm. But there are some truths that we stand on, some truths that we believe in, some truths that we declare in the midst of this stuff that, that, that hopefully empower us and, and give us the opportunity to not, to not default back into our strongholds in the midst of the storm. So, number one, so what, what do we do? Well, I think what we do is we do verse 23. Are you looking at verse 23? And after sending them all home and the disciples in the boat and gone, Jesus himself went up into the hills to pray. Spent time alone with the Father. So how did Jesus weather the storm? No pun intended. I'm sorry, yes, pun intended. Weather the storm. How did Jesus walk on the water? Because he spent time alone with the Father. How did Jesus walk out into the middle of that chaos? He spent time with the Father. What does your time alone with the Father look like? What did it look like in 2022? What did it look like in 2021? What is your time in God's Word? What did that look like? What did time in prayer look like? What did time in meditation look like? What did, what did time in praise and worship look like to you on a daily basis? It's not about getting into the storm and going, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, I better read the Bible. Okay, that's fine, I guess, but you should have been doing all that ahead of time. Because that's what he did. He went and got alone with the Father, then he walked right into the storm on the water. He weathered the storm. I know we don't like to think this way or whatever, but remember when Jesus got baptized? When John baptized him, oh my goodness, the heavens opened up, the dove comes down, the voice comes out and says, this is my son. This is the moment where it is revealed that this human is God. But what happens immediately after that? 
and the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted. <laughs> what? Yeah. The Holy Spirit. I mean, just getting led into the wilderness would be bad enough. But led into the wilderness to be tempted, and he's the Son of God. How did he do all of this? He spent time with the Father. How are you going to beat back the strongholds as you move into 2023? Spend time with the Father. Number two, number two in your notes, number two in your notes, verse 24. Verse 24, meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. Number two in your notes, the disciples are in trouble a long ways off. I know that that's how it appears. I know that when you are in the midst of it, when you're in the tough of it, it appears like, like, God, where are you? We are a long way off. And so here's what I would say, is that we're going to move into the next couple of verses, and we're going to combat that kind of feeling, that kind of thing. But don't despair. Don't get discouraged. Do not default back into your strongholds when you feel like all you're at is verse 24. Meanwhile, a long way off in the midst of big trouble. I know that that's how it feels. I've been there. And this message today is to help us figure out how to, not, how to not stay there and allow this deception to trick us. Because then we immediately get to point number three. Point number three, verse 25. And about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them walking on the water. Even, number three, in your notes with the blanks, even in the dark storm, Jesus knows where you are. God is always at work in your life. That is the truth. That is the truth that you stand on. God is always at work. And not only is He at work, but the Scriptures say, well, it's not just the song that we sang today. Well, that was a catchy song. No, that was Scripture that we sang where it says that God is working for me and He is always working to my good. He is always working on my behalf. Always. And so we stand on that. Even though we seem to be in trouble a long ways off, here comes Jesus. I would argue He's never left. Here He comes. In April, it'll be 10 years since my dad passed away. In April, it'll be 10 years. I wish that all of you had been able to meet my dad. Powerful, powerful man of God. Just a, just a wonderful person. Strong, man's man. Through the mat, but just, man, just a godly, godly man. And the way my dad died, unbelievable. The strength, the courage, the inspiration... He's dying of cancer and he's going and he's reading the Bible to other cancer patients to help them along, to give them hope. He, he is endeavoring to win his nurse at hospice to, to, to the Lord Jesus because he knows he's going to heaven. Do you know that you're going to heaven? Do you know that? Can I share Jesus with you? That's, that's my father and his dying breath. But what he shared with me, father to son, he said, son, you see how I'm doing this. I'm doing this because this is what I believe. Because this is what I trust. He said, but I want you to know. You read that verse right there? Three o'clock in the three o'clock hour? He said, in the three o'clock hours, in the middle of the night, he said, I'm scared. 
He said, I get overwhelmed for many reasons. He said, and when I'm laying in my room all alone, and I'm in pain, and I know my time is ending, and I, I feel the fear creeping in, and I feel the lies keeping it, creeping in, and I feel the overwhelmingness creeping in. He says, what do I do? I know that Jesus is walking to me on the water. And so he said, so I open my word, and I begin to sing praise and worship songs. Oh my goodness, it's almost 10 years since he shared stuff like that with me, and I still get choked up. He said, son, I want you to know that what you see in the day does not necessarily happen in the night. There's sorrow in the night, but there's joy in the morning. He said, and that's the truth. And that's what I stand on. Number four. Number four, verse 26. Are you there? You're looking at 26? I got more spit on my Bible than I do in my mouth. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified, terrified with fear. It's a ghost, they cried out. Number four in your notes and the blanks. You ready? Here they are. Fear plays tricks on your thoughts and emotions. When where fear reigns, faith dies. We fight the lies with the truth. The truth that you know sets you free. Those whom the Son has set free are free indeed. We live by faith, not by sight. We're not driven by our emotions. They failed to recognize Jesus. He, he, it's a ghost. They failed to recognize Him. And so I'm going to give you a, a 2023 tip that I'm sure you already do. When you are failing to recognize Jesus, whatever that means for you, when you are failing to recognize Him, it's a ghost! I want you to sit down in that moment Take out a piece of paper and a pen, unless of course you're driving. You should probably keep driving. Autopilot. Cruise control is not autopilot, just to let you know. And I want you to start to write down the things you're grateful for. I want you to start to write down the things you're thankful for. Because I promise you that when that list gets going, and you start praising and thanking God for these things that He's been good to you, He is a good, good Father. He is good. He doesn't, he doesn't do good, God is good. And when we start to recognize that, then we recognize Jesus. He's not a ghost walking on the water. It's Jesus. Get your gratitude list out. If you do that regularly, on a regular basis, I promise you, it will transform that moment and it will transform your life. Gratitude list. I was, I was working with a gentleman one time, counseling with a gentleman one time, severe, severe depression. I said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go home this evening, and before you go to bed, I want you to come up with five things that you're grateful for, five things that you are thankful for, and I want you to begin to meditate on them. I want you to, I want you to stand up in your house. I want you to jump up and down. I want you to yell at the top of your lungs, thank you, Lord, for these five things. You want to know what he said to me? Immediately, as soon as I stopped talking, you want to know what he said to me? What if I can't come up with five? I was like, dude, then come up with three. Come up with one. How about the fact that you're just breathing right now, that your diaphragm went down, and then your diaphragm went up, and it expanded your lungs, and deflated your lungs, and oxygen came in, and went into your blood, and into your heart, and into your brain, and you're alive. Just that. Oh, that's a good idea. How about that young man that Monday Night Football... Just recently, Damar Hamlin. 
just like that. Every one of those things stopped. Diaphragm stopped, lung stopped, heart stopped, brain stopped. He died. He died on that field. What are you grateful for? Make a list. You feel yourself sinking. You feel yourself spiraling. You feel yourself waves, all that. Sit down immediately and start writing that out. And start praising Him and thanking Him. I promise you, you will recognize Jesus. Number five. Number five. Number five. It's number five on page number five. <laughs> Look at that. That's how I keep myself in order. Number five in your notes, verse 27. So it's a ghost, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once and said, Do not be afraid. Take courage. I am here. I think, I think that verse, this point, could preach a sermon all on its own. Honestly. I may, I may over the next couple of weeks sit down and write an entire sermon just out of that verse. That is some powerful stuff. Uh, do not be afraid. Be courageous. I am here. Are you listening? Because I'll tell you right now, your strongholds do not let you listen. Your strongholds are the static that's going on so that you don't hear Him. You don't hear the Holy Spirit directing you, leading you, guiding you, empowering you. I am here. I am with you. Remember the cross? Do you? Do you remember the cross? For real? Because on that cross, Jesus said this, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Ladies and gentlemen, that happened to Him so that it would never happen to us. Let, let that sink in for just a second. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you abandoned me? That happened. It wasn't just something Jesus said in the moment like, whew, this pain's really gotten to me. Lord, where are you? And my ibuprofen. Thank you. That literally happened, ladies and gentlemen. Why have you forsaken me? Why have you abandoned me? He did that. He went through that. He went to hell so that we would never, ever, ever have to experience that. So when you are at that moment, when you are out in that sea, and you're bouncing around, and you're scared of the ghost because you can't recognize, and oh Lord, where are you? He's right there. He will not. It is a promise. They cannot be shaken. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will never abandon you. I will love you forever. Number six. Number six, verses 28 and 29. And so Peter then says to him, Lord, Lord, if it's really you, if it's you, I can't say it's not. If it's really you, Lord, if it's really you, then, then tell me to come out there on that water with help. Tell me to come and walk on the water with you. All right, Peter, it is me. Come on. And so Peter went over the edge of the boat, walked on the water towards him. I can't see. I'm overwhelmed. I'm discouraged. I'm hurt, but if it's really you, then tell me to come. Can you imagine Peter? Can you imagine Peter right there, ladies and gentlemen, on that boat, on the edge of that boat, one leg's hanging out into the water, getting all wet, the other one's still in the boat, dry. Can you imagine that, sitting there going, hey, hey! 
hey, if it's really you, tell me to put this other leg over. Can, can, what, are the other, what are the other disciples doing? What are the other disciples doing? Oh, oh Peter, oh, Peter, Peter, don't. Andrew, his brother, oh, you're, you're my only brother, please don't. This is going to be crazy. I don't want to lose you. Oh. Or are they like this? Peter, 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 Peter. Oh, my gosh, he's walking on the water. Maybe doubting Thomas was taking bets. I don't know. Ten bucks says, ten bucks says he doesn't make it. Here's my point. Here's my point. You ready for my point? Please be care- Be careful in choosing the inner circle that surrounds you. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just so worried. I'm, I'm just, I'm just so, I don't know, I, I don't know if this is going to work. And glass half empty. Well, who's your best friend? Debbie Downer. That's my best friend. Well, okay, hello. Of course you're doubting and down. Prick jubilant Jason. He'll get you through. I don't know. I just made that up. That was really dumb. Strike that from the, whew, that was, that was dumb. Jubilant Jason, whatever. Please be very, very, very careful. I'm not saying today walk up to somebody out in the lobby and say, you, you know, you were my best friend, but Jason told me to get rid of you. <laughs> Don't do that. that you work that through you and God, figure that out. But please be very, very careful who you choose as your inner circle. Relationships are massively important. Friendships, and I'm not talking about acquaintances. Oh yeah, I've got tons of friends. No, you've got tons of acquaintances. You have no friends because it's convenient for you accountable people that are willing to walk with you and challenge you, get into the Word with you, pray with you. Well, what music, what, what, what worship songs are you listening to? Well, I, I, then put some worship music in. Fill your house with praise music. Or make your own profile. In this society that we live in, in this fast-paced, quick-moving, uber-eats society, personal relationships are a thing of the past. We don't want anybody telling us what to do. I'm an American. You don't tell me what to do. It's a lie from the pit of hell. Did I do the blanks? That, that screen right there is telling me that and Amber's shaking her head in the back. You're supposed to yell at me and tell me I missed it. What am I on? 28 and 29. Here we go. Peter's wondering didn't stop him from going over the edge. It takes faith to get out of the boat. Peter's wondering did not stop him from going over the edge. It takes faith to get out of the boat. Verse number 30, number 7. Verse number 30, number 7. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and he began to sing, Save me, Lord! He shouted. Number 7, but when he, 
and you put in your strongholds. You, you, you put in your wind and your wave. Don't write wind and wave in there. That, that, that's whatever Peter was struggling with. You put yours. I, I made a list. It's not exhaustive. It's not exhaustive. I just started writing. I went back to the list and kept on writing at different times as I was prepping for this. So, so please don't think that this is exhaustive. Please don't think that it's anything special. I literally just, as things were coming to my mind, and just, I just, so here are some strongholds that people, that people default back into during the wind and the waves. Fear, worry, stubbornness, unforgiveness, revenge, bitterness, resentment, jealousy, self-pity, self-loathing, religiosity, legalism, judgmentalism, hopelessness, lust, pornography, poor use of time, unhealthy relationships, selfishness, lover of self, hypocritical, constantly defensive, offended, wounded spirit, being offensive, low self-esteem, chronic dissatisfaction, contentiousness, controlling, rebellious, foolish, despairing, complainer, willful sinning, dishonesty, lying, pride, love of money, love of things, love of people, love of power, love of ambition, anger, self-deception, divisiveness, stirring the pot, lack of generosity, no control over your own thoughts. It's not exhaustive. It's not an end-all. It's just what was coming to my mind. I'm sure many of these on here are coming to my mind because I deal with them. Anger was probably the biggest one that I dealt with for years and years and years. And then I would deceive myself because in my anger, I would blame everybody else. Well, if you hadn't, nobody makes me angry. Nobody makes me angry. That's a choice I make. I give people power when I say it's your fault that I'm angry. Those are, those are default mechanisms. Those are strongholds that impede me from being who God has called me, from getting out of the boat, coming out of the box, being who God created me to be. What am I on, Amber? Did I do that? Yeah, so you fill in your own strongholds. But when he, but when Peter, you see, we all, oh, he took his eyes off of Jesus. Well, of course he did. That's what we're talking about. But he took his eyes off of Jesus and focused on what? His strongholds, his fears, his worries, his concerns. What number am I on? I still am number seven. Thank you. Yes, Romans. Where am I? So, so, so don't copy the behaviors and the customs uh, uh, of the world. I, I have down there blanks. Stop imitating. Stop copying. Stop clinging to the behaviors and the customs of this world. The world trembles and is afraid and is all of these things. That's what the world does. We're children of the Almighty God. Born again. Bought by the blood of Christ. Those whom the Son sets free are free indeed. 
Thank you, because I forgot that one on the last one. Last sermon. So you guys get you guys got extra. If you drop a little more in the offering plate, that would be great. Just tease. Verse number 31, number 8. Number 8, verse 31. And Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith. Why did you doubt me? I, it just it amazes me. Does it not amaze you? He's walking on the water. And he says, yeah, you have a little bit of faith. You have too little faith. What, what are you talking about? Well, he has a little bit of faith because why? Because he doubted the promises of God. He doubted who Jesus is. That's where our faith rises out of. Is getting in with God, allowing God to reveal who He is. Allowing God to reveal through His Word, through times of meditation, through times of prayer, through songs. I, I hope that every once in a while, there's a song that we sing or that you hear on the radio, and you're like, wow, that song's funny. There are certain songs, man, I, just, I, I hear it start, and I just start weeping. Well, you know, Pastor Jason, you know, that's a song, and you know, I... Yeah, but there's, there's plenty of those songs that are written straight out of Scripture. That's what David did, by the way. Wrote some really good songs. So number eight, Jesus rescued him. Jesus is in the business of rescuing. Don't doubt him. I don't know when that rescue will come. We're going to get there in just a moment. This idea of the wind stopping, we're going to talk about that in just a second. Jesus rescued him. Peter allowed doubt to displace his faith, but it didn't end in failure. Because what did he do? Save me! I need you! I took my eyes off of you. I defaulted back into my strongholds. But the bottom line is, is I need you. I need you! Save me! And he did. Thank you for a God of second chances. And number nine, Number 9, verse 31, and Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. Oh, I'm sorry, nope. That's verses 32 and 33. When they climbed, Jesus and Peter climbed back into the boat. The wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the Son of God. Here's my next disclaimer. Here's my next disclaimer. I know that it says, I know that it says, and when Jesus stepped into the boat, the wind stopped. Can you picture this just for a second? I'm going to get to my disclaimer. Can you picture it just for a second? Just like that. Done. Instant stillness. It wasn't like five minutes later, like, wow, that wind, that wind really settled down a little bit, didn't it? No, instantly it stopped. So here's my disclaimer. Do not allow that moment to cause you to doubt what God can do for you. Well, well, my storm hasn't stopped. Okay. There are some storms that go on for a long time. They were out in that storm for a long time. And Jesus knew what was going on. He was walking on the water. What? Listen, when he started, when he, when he took that first step onto the water from the beach onto the water, why didn't he just stop the storm right there? Because he didn't. Because he didn't. I don't know why. 
But we hear these testimonies and these great stories from other people and it's not happening for us and, and we just get down and discouraged again. And, and so this last point is what I would need you, what I desperately need you to remember. If you remember nothing else out of these nine points in the confession that we're going to make, please, please remember this one because I believe that when you get here, when you do this, along with your gratitude list, all the other, when you do this, when this makes sense to you, when you say, this is it, this is what I'm doing, I just, I believe that it will transform you and change you. And they didn't, verse number, uh, number nine, verses 32 and 33, they didn't worship him because the wind stopped. They worshiped him because Jesus deserved it. If you wait for the wind to stop before you worship, because you know, if you'll, then you're in a bartering game with God. And God owes you nothing. They didn't worship Him because the wind stopped. They worshiped Him because He deserved it. Because here's what they said. They didn't do, wow! Wow, the wind stopped. That is super cool. What did they do? No, they said, you really are the Son of God. Please surround yourself with people that will worship Lord God Almighty with you right in the midst of your storm. Because I promise you that will revolutionize who you are. It will give you courage. It will give you strength when you surround yourself. I want people in my boat going, Jason! 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 I want those kind of people with me. who will say right to my face, hey, buddy, I know the storm hasn't stopped yet, but let's take a little bit of time and let's do some praise and worship together. Because whether the storm stops in this moment or not, does not stop the fact that Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, whatever you want to say, deserves to be worshipped. Deserves to be praised. Did I get done with my notes? Bingo. You have a confession. You have a confession. Would you stand with me, please? This is how we're going to end. Would you stand with me, please? We are going to read this confession aloud together. It's up on the screen. I know for some of you that's too small and you can't see it. That would be me. Jason, you, there, no, there's just a big white blob up on the screen. I know. Yep, I do that too. It's also in your notes. I did not write this confession. I, I, I don't write this well. I write okay, but this is not mine. I stole it. <laughs> one of my default. No, that's one of my default things. We're going to read this together out loud. I would encourage you to do it again tonight before you go to bed. I would encourage you to do it tomorrow and Wednesday and eight days from now. And, and then I'm going to pray over you. At that point, the lights are going to go off, down, whatever. The prayer team, as I'm praying over you, the prayer team will be coming up to receive you for prayer. If you are not coming up for prayer, once I get done praying for you and dismiss you, if you would head out to the lobby and do your talking and all that out there, I would appreciate that. You ready? Let's do it out loud together. I confess that I will no longer permit the devil to have a foothold in my mind and emotions. I am employing the use of the power of God, the weapons of the Holy Spirit, and the name of Jesus. 
I command the devil to withdraw his lies from my mind and emotions and to flee from me. The enemy has no right to operate inside my mind and I refuse to allow his operation in my soul to continue. I will believe right, think right, and renew my mind daily with the Word of God. I am permanently set free from lies that have controlled me. From this moment forward, I am dominated by the truth of God's Word. The truth that I know sets me free, and I fight the lies with the truth. Lies that have held me captive for so long have no more power over me. I declare all of this by faith in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, thank You. Thank You, Father, that You don't do good. You are good. Thank You, Father, that You don't do love. You are love. Thank You for Your pursuit of us. Thank You for how much You cherish and adore us. Thank You that Your love is reckless for us. Thank You that You have filled us with the power of Your Holy Spirit and the truth of Your Word, so that when we feel ourselves defaulting back into the strongholds that hold us back from who You have created us to be, that we can stand on that truth. We can, we can believe that truth. We can state that truth over and over and over again. Fight the lies of the enemy with that truth. And Father, I speak to the storms that people are in right now. In the name of Jesus, I command them to subside. Thank you, Jesus, though, for being right there in the midst of every one of them. That is the truth. Father God, I pray that you would help us when we fail to recognize you or recognize you in any given moment and you're working in our lives that we would sit down and quickly draw up a gratitude list and spend time being thankful for who you are, who you've made us to be, and what you are doing in our lives. Father, I speak your blessing and your favor over these people moving forward into 2023. May it be the best, greatest, most amazing year that we have ever had. In your name I pray. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. I hope you enjoyed our podcast today. If you did, there's two things you could do for me. First, subscribe to our channel. That way the most recent podcast will always be in your feed, ready when you are. And secondly, if this ministry has impacted you, would you help us to continue to reach others by clicking on the link in the description to give now. Until next time, thank you so much for listening to The Empowered Word.